your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Finnegan Councillor Sarah Kiley is with me in the studio. And Sarah, before we get to the main purpose of, of you uh, coming to chat to us, um, I, I want to mention O'Connell Street because Live 95 News got a, an updated um, statement from the council on the completion date and the handover date from the contractor to the council. And uh, it stated that it would now be sometime in June. Uh, and it further stated that um, snagging works would take place thereafter, which to my understanding means after the handover in June as required. Now I know you were with us a couple of weeks ago and you had been told at a briefing that it would be handed over at the end of May. Today is the 1st of June. What do you make of the latest statement? The latest statement uh, is news to me, Joe. We were told at a Metropolitan District meeting that the handover would take place the end of May and some uh, snagging works would take place in June. Um, We're still waiting for a briefing. So at that Metropolitan District meeting, we were given a commitment that the the executive would meet with councillors behind closed doors to iron out some of the issues we had raised at Metropolitan District to do with O'Connell Street, the safety of pedestrians, the cycling, the whole kitten caboodle for want of a better term it hasn't happened and we've no date for that briefing either so ye, ye now know more than we do Okay well we are live 95 I suppose news isn't part of what do we do so if yeah. we're bringing you the news as well we must be doing something right Sarah. Correct <laughs> Alright so so basically you'll just ask more questions and see if you can get that private briefing and inform your constituents as best you can Absolutely. when it, it, it might finish yeah. um, and clearly we'd like to see it finished so that people can get as much of the summer experience as possible in the city centre, which, you know, would give people a real sense of what it'll be like from now on rather than what we've seen up to now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well look, uh, becoming a widow at any age is difficult but what do you do if it happens when you're young, aside from dealing with the grief and huge loss in your life what about all the other smaller changes that suddenly happen overnight things like social outings as a widow or changes to the amount of tax you pay are some of the elements that people may not expect but are part of it and Sarah has chatted to us on the show before about the death of her husband Damien and Damien's is it his fifth anniversary is in October yeah so obviously grief doesn't get easier but how have you managed to cope with it over the past five years I think the best uh, remedy is trying to come up with a new routine um, try to fill your time and try to gain some level of acceptance that is that would be my advice to to accept try to accept what's going to happen um try and lean on people which is something i tried to do but i wasn't very successful for the first few months cuz i totally locked myself away but that was my way of coping but would you be a pretty independent person generally would you i would but joe like i met Damien when i was 18 so i was always part of a team so for me to be on my own all of a sudden, like I went from living with my parents to living with Damien to having a family and then all of a sudden being on my own. In those happy days, what used he call you? Because you used to sit at the top of the glass. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he did, yeah, yeah. He did now, to be fair, yeah. A bit of a nerd. <laughs> and actually, I had occasion to go back to my my um, my old school recently and I met one of my old teachers and it was just, it was lovely. And to actually, to, to deal with grief, you totally and utterly rely on your memories. Um, and sometimes the bad memories overtake the good ones mm. in the early days. And that's so hard. Your your brain is primed to, to kind of focus on negative and it's very, very difficult to retrain your mind to see the positives and to accept that you had a good amount of time with that person or remember the positive things. So, like, I often hear people saying, oh, your memories sustain you. It's not till a few years later you do realise your memories sustain you. Yeah. Were the two of you in a television quiz one time? <laughs> we were. Um, so I love quizzes and Damien liked quizzes. So <laughs> we used to go to table quizzes a lot because we weren't big drinkers. With small children, I don't think, do you know, it, it wasn't feasible. So we go to charity table quizzes and bits and pieces. And we, we used to help out with the Naval Association. My dad and my uncle and some of my neighbours are in the Naval Association. So we used to do their quiz once a year for them. And we'd great crack. So one day, uh, the Late Late Show were looking for quiz contestants. Sure, I was dying to get it out. And I was saying, yeah, brilliant, we'll win this. And Damien was going, oh, no, not again, not again. So it was one of my cousin's wives, Frances. She actually tagged me and she said, you should apply for this. So we did. We applied. We were shortlisted. We were asked to come to Dublin. Um, you didn't know whether you were going to be on the quiz until you arrived, until about half an hour before the 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 late late show kicked off, so I think it was kind of like they must have known they're used to dealing with people. One of the couples just weren't suitable for whatever reason. The other couple froze; they just totally backed out. And sure, look, we just got stuck in as usual. But it wasn't an Go actual on, quiz, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a total and utter um, sketch. It was a Bridget naming. So. Seven yes. Damien were up against Bridget Naiman. Oh, yeah, brilliant characters. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, so it was yeah. fun. So, it so was again, you're talking huge. about great memories. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great thing to have done and remember. It is. And that's six years ago uh, last week. Is it? Yeah. Or November. November will be six years. So it was just, it was, a, it was a year before our troubles started. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lord. Um, so... You know, when people talk, and we often hear about it on the show, about the five stages of grief. Yeah. Do you recognise them? I do, but I don't think they're in a certain order. Um, And still to this day, Joe, nearly five years down the line, there are days there that I really get so down and so upset. Um, And I feel very hard done by, and I feel that our family is very hard done by, because Damien was so young. And I remember distinctly when he was really unwell now towards kind of mid to the end of, of his illness, he, I, I, I used to, like, we used to say, we do our crying in the morning. So have your cry and then get on with your day. And that, that was kind of very therapeutic. And I think from him, it was a very, it was a very um, good piece of advice. So if you do want to cry, cry. Whatever it is that makes you or helps you get through the day, makes you feel better, do it, do it. And that's, I think that's what I took from from him. But he used to say as well, um, I, I was very cross when I knew he was going to die. I was just, how can this happen to us? And we don't deserve this and you don't deserve this. He said, no one deserves this. That's not the right word. And when you lose a partner, that occupies your mind. This isn't fair. How could this happen to me? 
why did it happen to us? They're all the things that go through your mind. And those stages of grief, they come and go. They come. There are some days that you kind of go, yeah, this is okay, I can send this. And there are other days that just you don't want to get out of the bed. Do you know many other young widows? Um, in a word, no. I remember actually meeting a fantastic group um, through Milford Hospice. Um, and there were a group of 10 of us. And the first day I went there, um, I just, I was inconsolable. I cried like the rain because I looked around the room and then I saw how unfair it was. And they actually, the most wonderful people who were in the room with me, male and female, had lost their spouse, husband, wife, partner as well. Um, But they acknowledged, they said, well, (laughs) at least we got more time than you got. That the injustice of it all really hit home to me. And I decided I wasn't going to go to that support group anymore. I just said, no way. And a very good friend of mine, he said, Sarah, listen, give it another go. Will you just go one more time? I said, absolutely not. I just couldn't. I said, no, 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 no. He he talked me into going back and I'm so glad I did because I met a wonderful group of people. So it's not comparable. When I went into that room, I thought it was because I said, this is horrendous. Why am I the youngest person here? But sure, look, we all have a cross to bear, Joe. We, we all have, no one's life is perfect and no one's life is easy. And if you do have people around you that'll help you or have something to occupy your time, I think that's the, 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 the most helpful way to get through grief of any, of any kind, because we all have something in common. Mm. I've said this many times before. We all have something in common. We're all going to grieve. We're all going to lose someone. Would Damien have predicted that you might have ended up in politics? He did, yeah. <laughs> he did, yeah. Um, I ran in 2014 and I wasn't elected and it was a tough campaign um, and I was very naive and <laughs> Damien was very naive as well. We were kind of going, oh yeah, this will be great, sure. And I, I wasn't elected, but it was, a, it, was, it was kind of a very good eye-opener and I thought it was the worst thing in the world that could have happened. Um, and he said... When well, I, when when I was when I was um, el- eliminated, we were out in UL. I remember actually you were there as all of us covering the elections, and I remember Damien uh, saying to me, "Just look at me now," and I looked straight, deadpan into his eyes, and said, "Listen," he said, "Everyone wants to be around you when you're on the way up. Look around you now. Don't ever let anyone do this to you again. You're worth more than this. Keep going. You'll get elected in the future." And thankfully, I, I did. People imagine that, you know, we love election counts for the drama. But I I will say I find them quite painful as well for that precise reason. Because I know that, you know, with every victory, there's defeat. And another politician has said to me, and I I won't name that person, I don't think it would be fair, that um, in their experience, politics brings out the very best and the very worst in people. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, Someone gave me a bit of advice after that. They said politics is a blood sport and a bloodier the better for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is a shame, really, because it's actually one of the things that puts people off service. It does, it does. And I think the social media aspect as well um, has, has, has really damaged uh, people. Mm-hmm. We won't attract people into politics. And I know people say it's a paid job. You, you know, you're getting paid for what you do. You do, but at the end of the day, 
uh, if you wanted to just earn a salary, there are easier ways of doing it. <laughs> there are much easier ways. Um, and and I, I think of Tubbs, for example, who you mentioned earlier. Yeah. The truth is he is the first presenter of The Late Late Show to really experience social media with it. Yes. Because Pat Kenny left in 09 yeah. before it really had taken off. And, you know, you see that and you can only imagine the impact that that has on high-profile people. But anyway, look, um, but the other thing I wanted, we're talking to Councillor Sarah Kiley, um, there are practical um, elements to this as well. I think I mentioned tax mm. and, and social welfare payments and things that might surprise somebody. Yeah, there, this is, oh, this, it's a very difficult scenario when someone dies to know what, you know, what happens, what do you do? It's, what I'd say to people is, if you find yourself in that very unfortunate position, please reach out, seek help, go to a TD, a councillor, a senator, whoever it is, just try and seek help. Because for me, I, I kind of thought it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Now, I was very lucky because the minute I got my debt cert for Damien, um, you were allowed to register, obviously, um, as a widow and straight away. I did that. So I rang the social welfare, informed them that my husband had passed away. And sometimes our, to be quite honest, our, you know, when you, when you're interacting with the social welfare system, it's not a very pleasant experience. And obviously this wouldn't be a very pleasant experience either. Um, so I was very lucky to meet someone very kind. I explained, I actually broke down on the phone and I said, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, can you help me with the form? And they said, this lovely woman, she said, fill out what you can put it into the post and don't worry about it. We'll start it. It was, she was very kind. She, she read through the form with me on the phone, but I know there are now, you know, other people who can help with that as well. The citizens information can help with that. Reach out to someone. Definitely. But I have a bit of a bugbear with the social welfare system, Joe. So for me or for any young widows or people of working age, we'll say, if you find yourself widowed, you have paid nine times out of ten I'm talking about people who are of a certain age working age so they have built up their PRSI contributions when someone dies you get a contributory pension if that person had been working as well so all of a sudden I went from uh, being a two income household when Damien was working and I was working to now becoming a one income household and the one income was the widow's contributory pension my doctor deemed me unfit to go to work, as many people are after a very um, uh, emotional and very catastrophic life event, really. And what happened was I assumed that, OK, I had two children to rear. I was now on widow's pension. I was deemed unfit for work and I was not entitled to claim my stamps. So I thought that I could claim illness benefit for being out sick from a job that I had worked in for 15 years um, and I was told, no, you're only allowed to get once one payment from the department. So I went from being a two-income household to being on 240 euro a week at the time. Yeah. Now, that shouldn't happen. Mm. My contributions as a worker, I should be allowed to claim back my illness benefit. It wouldn't be that much, Joe, in the grand scale of things, especially when you're trying to bring up two children on your own. And one other thing, did you transition in the tax system then to being single worker? Yeah, so that it, it's very complicated. Okay, well we After, yeah, yeah, I'd say, it, okay. like, I got legal, I, I got financial advice on that because well, it's a, it's a descending scheme. Yes, if you have dependent children, you get a tax credit for five years 
and then you you don't. So after five years, you go on to a single person's tax credit. Like after five years, do you cease to being like, are you you not a widow anymore? I get it. If something if someone remarries or if they cohabit, fine. But if you are still on your own, you're still widowed. And Sarah, finally, if there was one piece of advice you would give to somebody else in your situation, what would it be? Do, uh, do be careful who you trust. Confide in who you can confide in. But I would say reach out if you think you can trust someone. But what I would 100%, and I said this to my own father who became a widow, a widower a year after I became widowed, do everything you do, do it for you. If you don't want to be somewhere, remove yourself. If you don't want to go somewhere, don't go. If you want to get up in the morning and you can just manage to make a cup of tea, that's good enough. Okay, well, that's great advice. Well, listen, thank you for talking to us uh, about that. It, obviously, we remember Damien and uh, we appreciate you coming in and talking about something that, you know, is important, I think, uh, clearly emotional as well, and I understand that. Uh, Councillor Sarah Kiley, thanks for your time. Thanks, Joe. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.